Welcome to uh, the next episode, uh, episode 10 of Word From Home by Start Somewhere Media, where we speak to artists, athletes, and creatives, allowing them to share their story to inspire the next generation to start somewhere. Today's episode features a very, very special guest um, all the way from Las Vegas. Uh, I cannot believe I am speaking to him still. He's a six-time kickboxing world champ combat sport hall of famer now president of pro fighters league and my favorite kickboxer of all time the big daddy of k1 living legend ray sefo my boy <laughs> hey brother i appreciate it no i appreciate you um i know how busy you are thank you for your time i can't believe you know from watching you on the school computers a decade ago at uh, Patrician Brothers Blacktown on YouTube with my boys, uh, Kingy and Tavita, to now meeting you for first and foremost, how are you and the family during these you know, unprecedented times, pandemic, civil tension, and now a newly elected president? How are you and your family? Right. You know, it is crazy times. You know, the, the pandemic, uh, the craziness that we're going through, um, you know, and I guess it's, it's somewhat a little bit easier knowing that the whole world is going through it you know what i mean and so um <clears throat> but no the you know we've been doing all the uh necessary things to stay healthy and and not get caught up in you know or or, or get sick and whatnot um i'd be very fortunate a week and a half ago our gym ended up closing down uh for a week because we had something like eight to 12 guys um, tested positive for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And uh, so fortunately, uh, you know, um, just doing the right things, washing your hands, drinking a lot of fluids, uh, lemon water kind of thing, you know, boil hot water and add lemon, all those kind of things where just trying, you know, stay hydrated and whatnot, making sure the kids uh, uh, wash their hands Every time they leave the house and when they get back to the house, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, I mean, just the normal things we should be doing that we've kind of over time taken for, taken for granted, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So we're just doing the, the basic stuff and, and staying healthy. For sure, for sure. We still train at our gym at Blacktown at Full Force and they, um, we, it is, it's actually more sanitary. It's actually good that we're actually cleaning everything down after the pads right, right. and the bags and everything after class. Because if you think about how those pads every day, you you have them and then you pass it on to the next person. But it's much better that we're, we are taking those precautions now. But yeah, so you train at Randy Couture's gym out in Vegas. How is it over there? I see that you're always, you know, working out in the gym still. What's your day to day like? Um, my day before, I mean, before the pandemic, yeah. Uh, I'm normally at the gym from between 7 30, 8 o'clock to about 10 30. Uh, so, you know, a couple of hours coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in the office uh, right after that to probably about uh, 3 30. Mm -hmm. uh, then it's pro class and training uh, for, for myself. Mm -hmm. And then it's, uh, I'm home by 5 36. You know what I mean? But since the pandemic, um, the routine is very similar. The only difference is that I actually get to work from home. So, you know what I mean? Like, for example, doing this uh, interview with you, mm -hmm. uh, I get to do it from home. And fortunately, I mean, it's Sunday. So, and Sunday is one of my rest days, which is a lot easier, as you know. You know, we've kind of rescheduled this a few times. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I woke up to 
double booking myself again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But all good, you know what I mean? Like no complaints whatsoever. It it is what it is. And so uh, we all have to just kind of do the right things and and do our part. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that we will all come through this, um, you know, by next year or the year after. because I remember telling my friends that when this pandemic happened and the lockdown, I was like, we probably won't see normalcy for about, you know, two to three years. Mm. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, it's, you know, I'm hearing things where some countries are um, locking down again. And you know what I mean? Um, just yeah. uh, the spread of the coronavirus is getting uh, out of hand again. So. I mean, for here in Vegas, it hasn't been too bad. Um, but again, you know, my circle is is uh, very tight in the sense of I leave the house, I go to the gym, I coach, mm-hmm. I leave the gym and come back home. You know what I mean? That's kind of like pretty much the routine. And then because I work from home, it's that's the only kind of two places for the last seven months. There has been some silver linings to it. Do you think you've spent more time with your kids and your family a lot more and just, you know, really try to embrace the times that we're living in now? Uh, yeah, you know, the, the thing is, uh, I uh, that is true. But, you know, my kids are at, at school. Um, well, my oh. son's at school. Um, so the routine with him is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing is because my daughter doesn't start kindergarten until next year. So... Um, I do get to see her, <laughs> you know, uh, almost all day kind of thing, you know, which is, it's still nice because it's just quality times you spend with your family. For sure. Um, that being said, I, I always try and find that time. Um, plus my wife is actually quite very active in the sense, in the way of taking the kids out to the park, um, you know, taking them up to the mountains and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, the kids still get to do, you know, a few activities here and there. Oh, that's good. That's good. Take us back to the very beginning of your Hall of Fame career. What what made you actually fall in love with the fight game? So you were raised and born in in New Zealand, right? <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, I come from a boxing background. My 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 dad boxed. My uncles and cousins. Everybody in my family boxed. Um, and so at the age of five, my dad, you know, uh, gave me my first boxing gloves. And I would hit, you know, I would do pads with him, but not so much a pads, more him holding his hands up and, and taking me through, you know, combinations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I, you know, as a young kid, you just, you just say, wow, wow, this is cool. You know what I mean? And at that point, too, I didn't know that my dad used to box. I just, I just thought it what he was showing me was normal, right? Um, and then I think it was about, when I was about seven or eight, um, my dad rented a Bruce Lee movie and a Jackie Chan movie. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the Jackie Chan movie was uh, Drunken Master and the Bruce Lee movie was Fist of Fury. And I was, I just fell in love with the fact that, man, there's just these guys are throwing kicks and punches and elbows and knees <laughs> and they're using their heads. Like they were using every, you know, inch of their body, um, yeah. which was 
for a five-year-old, never seen that before, was true. I mean, uh, a seven, eight-year-old was truly amazing. Yeah. Um, because now for several years, for, you know, three years or so, uh, I've just been kind of boxing and I've seen boxing on TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I was just fun in love and I, in my head, I was like, wow, I want to do that. And then by the time I was 12, 13, uh, while I was at high school, I think it was, um, I started uh, working as a uh, milk boy, delivering milk. Um, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but in New Zealand, so the truck was, you know, will slowly maneuver down the street. Uh-huh. And you, my job was to run, grab the empty bottles, and replace it with full bottles of milk. You know what must I mean? Have been, yep, yep. Must have been so, like that back in the day. Right, right. So it was really cool. Um, and, you know, uh, and that's how I started uh, martial arts um, and continued from there. And um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, fall in love with, I mean, I, I had already fallen in love with the, uh, seeing what I was seeing. But then when I started training, I, I was just completely, you know, um, just so in love with what I was doing. Like I was learning how to kick and punch and whatnot. What did and you start? What did you start? What, what martial arts did you actually start at before, like after boxing? Because you, you're your style is very technical and quick feet. And it's very different to what like a Pacific, uh, like a Samoan would usually fight. They would just have heavy hands, but your quick feet, like what was that martial art that you started with? Yeah, I, you know, thank God I was very, I was blessed with speed as well. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Kung Fu, uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu was, um, was my first art. Mm-hmm. Um, and a buddy of mine, um, a good friend of mine, uh, took me along because he was he was already training, so he took me along and I just fell in love with it. And the day I, the day I went, it was the day I joined. And so I did that for did kung fu for um, six years. Uh, but in that six years, I never thought about competing. You never thought about fighting. Mm-hmm. And um, which was I and and. Part of that is because I think I was also uh, very shy because, you know, knowing fighting, because, you know, if you watch boxing and any kind of kickboxing that was on TV, it would be from the States. And there's thousands and thousands of people in the arena or in the stadium, right? So I think just just that. But then the crazy thing about it was when I thought about it later on in time, um, I started modeling when I was six, so I'm, you know, I was 16, I mean. Um, so when I was walking out on the runway, I mean, that's pretty much what you're doing. You're in front of people all the time, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so I didn't know why uh, the, why I didn't really think about fighting. Um, but when I got challenged to a fight, and that's how my career started, um, we went to a weigh-in and this, uh, this guy, um, challenged me to a fight and my heart was like, yeah, yeah, mofo, let's go, you know? And my mind was like, what are you doing? You know, this is not, you don't want to do this. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, I was, in, I was conflicted a little bit because uh, up here was saying no and my and here was saying, come on, let's go. You know what I mean? And then I think um, two months later, the fight was set. Um, or should I say, no, no, no. A couple of weeks later, the fight was set. And then two months after that, I fought this guy. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he was seven and two at the time. His record, I had never fought before. Mm-hmm. Um, I dropped him in the second round. You know, the, 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 the thing was, when I first came out, I was booed. Because, <laughs> um, because the fight fans um, obviously never seen me before, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, the, the arena was only like, I want to say it was a thousand people. Something like that, in or or thirteen hundred, right? Um, and so I was booed, and he and everybody cheered for him. And then they saw that the, the differences in size. I think he was like six three. Um, How many kilos? Say again. How many kilos? What 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 weight were you at this age? Oh, in, I was uh, eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 17, 18, I think it was. And you're about a hundred and hundred or so kilos. Who? The guy? No, you. I wasn't, I was, yeah, no, I I, I was, I I, want to say I was about, yeah, maybe 95 kilograms. Mm -hmm. You were still light boy then. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was about, no, no, 98. That's right. I was 98 kilograms. Uh, which was, you know, um, a little over 200 pounds. Yep. And I think he weighed in at, I want to say 225, 220. Um, anyhow, the fight happened. I dropped him in the second round. I went on to win the fight. And the, the, the crazy thing was that as soon as I dropped him, the crowd turned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think part of that was because they realized that I was the new guy, the new kid on the block. Number one, number two, I was prepared to go toe to toe with this guy, right? And three, they have seen this guy nine times prior to this. And so they, you know, obviously regard him as a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, a, you know, then there was me uh, and I dropped this tough guy and won the fight and then I was cheered and you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. And that was the first time that I'd ever been booed in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And it was your first fight. It was my first fight. And then as soon as I dropped him, that changed. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow, this is cool. Like the feeling of that feeling being a winner. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, And the, the people, how they now embraced me because I was prepared to go toe to toe. And, um, but I got this, you know, I have, I have Bronco to, uh, to be thankful for because he was the, um, he was the guy that actually challenged me to fight. And he was the guy that actually started me on this path. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my head off to him. And cause if he never had challenged me to a fight, I probably would never have competed. And my path would have gone another direction because yeah. at the time, because I remember asking myself, asking the question to myself, at the age of 15, 
what was I going to do in my life? You know? Yeah. Uh, so I very, at a very young age, I, I was already questioning these things. Um, I mean, like, for example, when I was nine years old, I made the decision never to drink alcohol, do drugs, smoke, or any of that stuff because I had seen it around me a little bit. Um, yeah. And because, you know, uh, Samoan families love to party in, uh, on the holidays. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it might have been a Christmas party or whatever it was. And my, my uncle, um, like, you know, my family, and one of my uncles, super, super nice guy. Um, and I think around eight o'clock or whatever it was, I walked into my room and Ronnie and I, my brother, Ronnie and I, uh, one of my brothers shared the room and I walked into my room and uh, my uncle was passed out on the bed, uh, butt naked. Right. And yeah. at nine years old, I was like, why, you know, that was surprising to me because he never, he wasn't that kind of guy to kind of lose control or ever being, you know, my whole life growing up, I, I, he was always the, the super nice guy, the yeah. um, level-headed guy kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, and so I was like, oh, so this is from alcohol, from him drinking. Hmm. And, um, and so, you know, uh, ever since then, I made this decision that I would never be like that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, at a very young age, I was already making these uh, decisions that it really kind of guided me through my path of martial arts and, um, and where I am today. And the discipline, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of, when you're a kid, I think you look up to adults as, uh, you know, <sighs> some of them as your heroes and everything. And then when you, sometimes you realize that, this they're very uh some adults when you grow up a bit that they're quite vulnerable yeah and there's demons that they're fighting themselves um, right. especially right. in like the filipino and uh i'm filipino so the filipino and islander community and when you see those things you you do need to change your life in in that regard so uh looking back um for you yeah i know you were a part of the glory days of k1 kickboxing you're known as Sugarfoot for your fast and technical style. What was it like to be a part of those years, actually? Honestly, those years um, competing uh, in K1 against the best of the best was um, the most amazing years of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the best years of my life. Um, obviously, that changed, you know, when uh, the games came to an end and my kids came along and completely my kids fulfilled my life in, in that sense. And so, uh, but yeah, no, going back to those days where, I mean, even today, um, Ernesto Hus, Peter Ertz, Sam Greco, uh, and myself, we talk all the time uh, via social media. You guys are and, close. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing, you know, the same thing I said about Mark Hunt when he, when he and I uh, went toe to toe. Yeah. Um, I felt like I took a piece of him and he took a piece of me. And right after the fight, because Mark and I, Mark and I weren't that close. Uh, we kind of knew each other. We said hi. Mm -hmm. um, and just out of respect, we were both, you know, in K1 and whatnot. But we never really kind of got to know each other until the fight was over. Um, I felt like 
uh, we got, we became more friends after that. And so I was just, you know, Mark had an amazing, amazing career and I just supported him uh, throughout. Every now and then I would, you know, I would text him and say best of luck and whatnot. And sometimes if, um, if he was uh, fighting somebody that um, is known for their striking, I will reach out and just say, hey, listen, brother, um, this guy is, isn't the same level as you. You've been around the, the game a long time, you, you know. Um, so just little things like that. And I just yeah. feel like the same happened with, with Ernesto, Peter, Jerome Levana, Sam Greco, uh, Mike Bernardo. Legends, legends. Yeah, I mean, it, the list goes on. So Francisco Filo. Um, Francisco Filo later became, you know, after we, we fought, um, we became teammates uh -huh. uh, in Japan, Cisco Filo and Glover Feitoza and whatnot, who became really good friends of mine. Um, but yeah, so to this day, we uh, we all stay in touch uh, via social media. And every now and then, we all, we all talk about the glory days and how amazing those days were because not only it allowed us to do what we do, but um, just to be in that circle and being regarded as some of the best fighters in the world. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we would go out to dinner together from time to time or, you know, to an after party or whatever it was. It was just truly amazing years of my life and, and for them also. Um, but yeah, no, it was, um, it really was uh, truly amazing to experience all that. And just the journey is, you know, has been a, and I thank the good Lord every day because the journey has been a very um, blessed journey. Yeah. Uh, sure, you know, we as human beings, we all go through ups and downs from time to time, but it's how you come out of that. You know, sure. just like saying in boxing, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. And so um, those kind of things, you know, really kind of, uh, nails it right of who, you know, the times that we came through. And, but yeah, no, the, 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 those years were golden years. I mean, they, I will take those to my grave with me because they have, you know, in so many ways too, it shaped my, shaped my life um, mm. where I am today. Especially that Japanese crowd. That Japanese crowd is something different. They're well-educated when it comes to fighting. Right. They're, um, I think there was a throwback of a MMA a UFC fight that just happened uh, that happened out there and it was quiet at the start of the fight and then one shot and then they just they know when to cheer and they the cheer is different to any other crowd around the world. So what was that like out in Japan? You yeah, know you're absolutely right. Um, you know for example the Tokyo Dome holds about 7 to 80 70 to 80,000 people. And you could hear a pin drop in there. But as soon as there was like some um, amazing, crazy action going on, yeah. you just hear this rock yeah. and it goes quiet again. Yeah, it goes quiet you know? again. And then it goes, you know, um, so it's been, um, it's, it's, no, they're, they're, they're amazing fans. Um, I, you know, uh, the, the, the amazing about the Japanese fans, and I love the Japanese people, is that they're so loyal um, yeah. that, it doesn't matter how you win or lose. They just want to see the samurai spirit in every athlete uh, being displayed. And 
so they, you know, they, they'll just love you forever. Um, and it's just truly amazing to kind of get that um, love from them. But also King One made, became so big because it was in about 144 countries around the world. Yeah. Uh, to the point where, and this is the funny thing, New Zealand, like every time I would go back, I mean, this is earlier in my K1 career, um, when I would go back to New Zealand, um, people knew who I was, but you, you know, they didn't really, um, you know, New Zealand's very conservative, conservative you know what yeah, I mean? And so, sure. so they're like, hey, Ray, how you doing? Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I go to different countries around the world and you're getting mobbed and um, people, you know what I mean? It's just, just, and of course, it, it kind of told me how I didn't realize at that point, but it told me how, uh, but when I was going, it didn't matter where I was, whether it was in Germany or uh, France or Romania or Sweden or wherever it was, right? We're getting um, asked to sign autographs and take pictures with everybody. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 that's when uh, you realize how big K1 was at the time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and that's before social media. That's before right. YouTube. You know, right. uh, YouTube was just coming around and you right, guys right. were that famous. So people had to watch you on TV and it was different. Could you imagine if you were fighting today with social media? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Your follower count, everything. Yeah, no, it would be absolutely crazy. Um, it's, yeah, again, uh, social media uh, didn't come out earlier. <laughs> earlier enough, so, <laughs> but it, it's, it's kind of cool because I mean, can just imagine how much, you know, because for me, like, I like to be engaged with the fans. I see that. And so when I post something and they all answer or say something, I always feel like I better. I say that. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. So um, I try the best I can to reply to everybody. You're a legend for that. Um, I, I'm glad to see these throwbacks coming out. The, the one of you, I was thinking of a few weeks ago, I saw it. The throwback of you with Marvin Eastman, where you knocked him out after the fight when he wanted to go you again after the fight. And then I'm glad that went back and went viral and it was being reposted from Glory Kickboxing. Classic. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because one of my one of my good friends, Solo Ayeti, who um who was here, we were <clears throat> we were here last night, Jay yeah. Haran, Solo and, and Lee. We were watching the, the fights last night. Yep, yep. Uh, UFC. And that that post came up again and again and again. And Solo's like, yeah, I remember this fight because when I was yep. he was because he was in the military for 10 years and he was touring in Iraq. And um, he said that's where he remembered that fight was that when I came back from a mission, they would put it on and watch that fight over and over again. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the K-1 was showing all over the world. You know, it was just um, crazy how big a phenomenon that they became, you know, that K-1 became. For sure, for sure. Looking back, what was the most challenging part of your career or in life in general where you may have felt a bit lost or it was just, you know, your, your hardest times? Yeah, I, I think the most challenging times uh, was, um, was there were a few times during like throughout the year, I would have an amazing year, but every time it came, it came to the Grand Prix, especially the last three, I think it was, I was always sick like mm. two weeks out or a week out from the Grand Prix. 
Um, and it wasn't until later, later, um, when it was all said and done, that I realized that I, I didn't really take all the precautions. Like I, I, I think if I had to go back, I would be, um, I would try and get educated with nutrition and all that kind of stuff because um, I was, yeah, I was illiterate when it came to that. Um, didn't really know much about it. Didn't really think too much about it. I just thought, you know, um, you know, you eat and, you know, you eat your food and get you all your vitamins and so on. And that was that. Um, and sure, I took vitamin C from time to time. Sometimes I would go to see the doctor and get a uh, B12 shot, that kind of stuff. Um, but I re realized later in time that that wasn't enough. I needed to, I think I needed to educate myself in terms of like, taking vitamin D and vitamin, uh, vitamin C and all the different vitamins that I needed to, um, to keep my, my body um, fit and healthy yep. because uh, every day, you know, we're training six, six, seven hours a day and, you know, the body, the body's getting run down and whatnot and um, just losing a lot of the, the vitamins that's necessary uh, to keep your body going. And so I think um, the, the toughest times were not being able to compete in the Grand Prix 100%. Um, and, but hey, listen, no regrets. You, yeah. learn, you, you learn. And um, um, obviously it was a little late, but it is what it is. And, you know, um, and you can kind of continue. Um, yeah. Down path and, and 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 probably like for example my my kids who who love sports you know my little five year old uh, my daughter's like constantly asking me to hold pads for her that's good <laughs> <laughs> um, my son who does you know jujitsu and kickboxing with me yeah so you know these are things now because I'm now caught up with and educated with it now I can teach them you know what I mean so uh, it is what it is but no. Uh, no, not no really hard, hard times. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's good. It's part I'm of sure. life, you know, part of life is we we, we run into uh, you know difficult times here and there. But who doesn't yeah. have that? You know For what sure. I mean? So we just gotta kind of bite down, put it down to experience, and move forward. That's for sure. And I'm sure, like right now, uh, nutrition and and like rest and recovery, the science behind all of that. Uh, you would see it at your own gym with all the fighters that are in different organizations right. and recovery and the science behind it and all the knowledge that everyone has, the education. Imagine if you, if you had have had that, the, the way fighters rest these days and recovery yeah. with, the, with the ice and with crow, uh, you know, cry zone, all that. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, like even just because, you know, I coach a lot of fighters and um, mm -hmm. when we go to the UFC PI, um, yeah. That facility is so uh, so equipped um, with everything in terms of what a fighter needs, and all these yeah. fighters. I mean, they get their meals prepared, they get their vitamins prepared. Like it's just so awesome to see yeah. how far the game has come, and how far knowledge has come in in getting that athlete yeah. athlete one hundred percent ready for fight night. You know what I mean? And so. Just seeing that is, um, you, you sometimes I'm, 
envious, if you will, um, because I'm like, man, I wish I had that in my prime. Yeah. You know I mean? um, but, you know, um, I think that's what we, we did is it, it made us stronger. It made us mentally tough. You guys were definitely different. Right, right, right. You guys were built different in, uh, over in the 90s and 2000s. You guys were built different. It was all hard work. You guys didn't know about the rest and recovery. You know, you, you, you're probably around the same age as a, a kind of like Kobe. You know, it was all hard work. Kobe Bryant, like all hard work. There's right, right. None, none of that. Everything was fed to you. My, you know, I'm 27 now. This, this age, they, they've got everything. They, they got all the education. They got online. Oh, yeah. Everything's given to them. So. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, like, look at the internet. It's so anything now, you just go bing, 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 and you have the answer. Like, it's so amazing the, how technology and knowledge of pretty much anything in the world today, um, you, could, you can get on, on this thing that's sitting in front of me. On your phone, on your phone. You can be outside on your phone. Everything's there. Yeah. You're seen as one of the pioneers of, you know, Australia, New Zealand fighting alongside your good friend that you spoke about, Mark Hunt, who you've had that, you, who you had that crazy war with. How does it feel to have set that path for all the champions in MMA coming out today from this part of the world? Um, it's humbling. I mean, it's such, a, it's such an amazing feeling. It's a humbling feeling. It's, um, it's good to be part of something. You know, I, I, I remember as a kid watching movies, watching Superman, watching yep. Star Wars, um, uh, you know, all the, the Marvel uh, things as a kid, cartoons and whatnot, Batman. Um, I, I used to dream as a young kid uh, that I wanted to be like that, you know? I wanted to be something um, not knowing that um, that was the path that I ended up in, um, that I was able to inspire, you know, certain people or, or people with, um, not only my fighting, but also, um, my fighting spirit, if you will. Um, because I would get emails or letters, fan mails and whatnot. And people would, would tell me this, oh, thank you so much for showing us your, your mental strength and that really helped me get out of hospital. Like all these little things, it's just, you know, so it's really humbling to be able to, um, to inspire somebody because, listen, I'm not perfect. You know, I've, I've made mistakes along the way, but that's, that's what being a human is, is you make mistakes and you've got to try and learn from them. Mm -hmm. um, but just to just to um, know that my work inspires certain people, uh, it's really um, humbling and, and um, you know, and, and I'm so thankful that I was able to do or being blessed with the talent that allowed me to kind of inspire other people, not mm -hmm. only fighters but also just normal people that mm -hmm. um, didn't have the strength to do something. And then just from my work, they were able to do that. You know what I mean? So it's, um, no, I'm, I'm forever grateful. And of course, like I said, I thank the good Lord every day that I'm blessed with something that allows me to inspire people to be stronger and, and 
also continue their own journeys. That, that's true, definitely. I have to thank you. You know, um, I've um, I, I like seeing how you become just from a fighter to an executive to the president of Pro Fighters League. Like, I want to get into the business side of not just fighting, but just the business side of something. And you right. inspire me in that way, especially. I grew up with a, my friend, um, a lot of Samoans and Tongans and everything around right. this area. And I don't think they, um, it's, they don't have in their head that they can be a president of a big organization just like yourself. But now, you know, you're living proof of that. And um, people like myself and people around this area, they definitely can see and say that it is possible to do those things and dream and really get um you know start somewhere just here right right to where you are right now so um i i gotta say thank you for that but in, in regards to these champions from this area i saw you were with uh i watched carlos Allberg's uh, fight on yeah. um dana white's contender series this week and he was with izzy and brad riddell izzy has spoken countless times the interviews i've watched and he always brings up your name you know he always brings up Ray Sefo. Um, you know, we we've got fighters out in New Zealand and Australia that uh, the and he will talk about the level of kickboxing out here in Australia and New Zealand is a different level to the U.S. What do you think of it now? Because you you're the you train these guys out now. What do you think of the level of kickboxing from out here in Australia, and New Zealand to over there in the U.S.? Has it caught up? Um. I think a little bit it has um, because, you know, Australia and New Zealand, the kickboxing in the, you know, in the Western world of, is a little bit different than the, the tr traditional Muay Thai. Yep. Um, where kickboxing in New Zealand, Australia, uh, we, we focused a lot on our hands as well as our feet, but um, the there was more emphasis on uh, combining the two together mm. and allowing the, the you know the, the body to re, uh, to move in a way where um, your your hands and feet uh, was well coordinated and um, then you would use your hands to set up your your legs and you would use your legs to set up your hands um, and Lola Himuli was you know he was uh, our uh, coach and master back in the day, and I mean, like he's like one of the one of the greatest minds in the game, honestly, um, because he could analyze uh, and just you know from from top to bottom, um, he would you know uh, dissect the actual fight um, and break it down where like piece by piece. It was just just watching him. Or listening to him talk or describe something like that. So, yeah, no, you know, part of that is because um, the coaches from uh, from back back home in New Zealand, Australia, uh, they weren't. Uh, and I mean, I and I could just speak for Lolo because Lolo wasn't just focused on just boxing or just kickboxing. Um, he he focused on combining the two together, which is the same thing that I do. Mm -hmm. um, um, I've learned so much from him um, and also I've learned how to coach in a very similar way. I mean, like there are things I've taken from Wing Chun Kung Fu and combined it into uh, the way um, I throw punches, in, you know, in kickboxing or boxing. And so 
Um, yeah, you know, just like we say, Bruce Lee was well ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like in our team back from back home, um, we were, you know, we were ahead of our time in, in the sense, or should I say, uh, Lolo was ahead of his time in terms of um, the way he would put things together. And so, of course, um, being under that kind of influence allowed me to not only take all that, but also add my own um, ingredients into uh, forming that, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, um, yeah no, definitely there's, there is a, uh, I agree with Izzy, there is a difference, but I think uh, kickboxing in the U.S. and now, especially with um, K1 and then the, the, um, the growth of MMA, because if you look at MMA today to 10 years ago, even different, um, it's night and day, you know, everybody that knows how to strike now knows how to defend a takedown now knows how to scramble, get back on their feet. Um, Everybody that could only wrestle or do jujitsu now know how to strike, know, know how to knock people out and throw kicks and whatnot. So the growth of the game and the evolution of the game have grown so much that, um, the knowledge worldwide, you know, um, has expanded so much that you see, um, so many great fights, whether it's PFL, uh, UFC, Bellator, you know what I mean? Um, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because, um, these athletes are continually to, to grow and, and, um, and learning more and more. For sure. For sure. How did you transition from your last fights to become an exec- executive on World Series of Fighting or your president now to Pro Fighters League? How did that transition occur? Um, once K1 filed a bankruptcy back in the day, uh, 10 years ago, uh, or no, uh, 12 years ago, um, I knew that that part of my, my journey was, was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, now the, the thing was nine months prior to the day where I committed myself to saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my own fight league. Yeah. Um, nine months prior to that, I had already been, you know, thrown this idea around in my head and, and it wasn't until I think it was, um, a Friday night when I did an interview, um, and the, Throughout that interview, something clicked. And so I called a friend of mine, uh, you know, the very next day, which was a Saturday. And um, after training, I uh, caught up with him at breakfast. And I just told him I wanted to start my own fight league. The funny thing is, um, he was like, well, great, you know? So we kind of like, within a week, we put a few things together. And we, within a week, we had offices. And um, that's how... You know, that's how WSOF was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the format, you know, that we do with now that PFL, the league, yeah. that's exactly the format I wanted to start WSO, WSOF with. Uh, but there were a few things that happened that didn't allow us allow us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when later, you know, when our, now our team at PFL, uh, Don Davis and everybody else that's involved in the team 
um, that allowed us when they came on board with P with WSOF and um, and bought it out. It allowed us to um, to do the actual format what I had in mind yeah. to start WSOF with, and just because I, you know we wanted to be different because you know everybody um, that's around. Um, sure, they they they're great promotions they've done. They put on great fights. Like I said, Bellator, UFC, um, the little shows they are, but we wanted to be something a little bit different. Yeah. And so uh, putting the format together um, and people would ask, well, how did that come about? But it's really from my K1 days. For sure. That's what I was you about know, to say. Yeah. Those days where um, taking that format and putting it into American wear sports uh -huh. where there's a, a regular season playoffs and then the championship. Um, uh, where K1, for example, you fought throughout the year, you qualify for the top 16, the top 16 match off against each other, the winning eight then goes to the Grand Prix where you fight three times in one night. Um, uh, and so we kind of, you know, that was kind of very similar um, how we, you know, we did it, but we just, I kind of just kind of taking my own experiences and put it into American wear sports and um, and it's worked really well. Um, and it's growing, you know, it's gonna it's, grow, it's gonna get bigger. Um, well, no, yeah, exactly. I, I think, you know, the, the, the feedback from the fans have been very positive from the fighters, you know, because uh, it allows the fighters to, you know, to, to be in charge of their own destiny, uh, mm -hmm. their own careers, because um, I, don't, I don't select who fights for the title. They do by winning, yeah. you know? Sure. Um, and so, you know, you continue to win, you, you, you eventually get to the... Uh, to the world championship bout and the million dollars. <laughs> Personally, I've always wanted and have seen myself, you know, moving out to LA or just, you know, I'm just waiting for that right opportunity. So I'm intrigued how you moved your life from New Zealand and now living, you know, your dream out in Las Vegas. When did you move from New Zealand to Las Vegas? Um, my first time I, I came I came to visit my brother, one of my older brothers, back in 93. Uh-huh. And then between 93 and 96, I think I was going, yeah, I was going back and forth for about three years. Um, and then decided to live here full time. And uh, so I was in Cali for, uh, I want to say 11 years. So I've been out here, I've been in the States for a little over 25 years now. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, I lived in Cali for about 11 years and then moved out here to Vegas. So you're doing your training camps and everything for K1 out there? That's right, yeah. Um, so sometimes we would have camp in, in Vegas yeah, uh, or California when I was living there. Yep. Or, and then other times we would have it in Japan, in Tokyo. Wow. Um, I know in a few weeks, Roy Jones versus Tyson. What are your thoughts on these legends fighting? Were you ever approached by Tyson's camp to, to be a part of it? I see you hitting pads and you're still looking quick as ever. Right, right. I mean, listen, they're, they're both legends of the sport, you know. Um, it's, you know, it's promoted as an exhibition. But the thing is, from my own experiences, not only doing exhibitions, uh, also, as a couple of exhibitions, and watching 
or have seen some of the exhibitions, they they really don't turn out to be, you know, the exhibition. Right. Once there's um, a hard shot here and there, he's going to want to get it back. And then it just gets, you know, and it'll just continue yeah. to go from there. So um, I think if, if they were to say, hey, let's, you know, if they at the back before they walk out, they're like, we know what we're doing. It's an exhibition. It's just about skills and talent. Let's, um, let's see what we can, you know, let's, yeah. let's give them a show and whatnot. But if that's not happening, I, I think somebody's getting knocked out. Yeah. yeah. It is quite a danger. I've talked about it on one of my other podcasts. It's uh, it's going to be dangerous. I don't know how Mike Tyson goes into an exhibition fight. Well, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, he, like you said, he. I mean, he's looking sharp. He's looking fit. Um, and some of the footage that I've seen of Roy Jones, he looking he quick. seems like he's very um, um, focused and um. He's taking this really seriously. Seriously, that's true. So, I, I don't know. I, you know, I hope that nobody gets seriously hurt. Me too. You know, they're they're up there in age. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not old. They're just old for fighting, if you will. You yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. Um, but you know, um, we'll wait and see. <laughs> Uh, Ray, as much as you inspired kids like myself and many others growing up through kickboxing and more so now in the business world, as we spoke about earlier, who are the people that inspired you? Um, that's a good question because I, um, I, I, I kind of took, like, I, I don't really think I would... I kind of took just little things from everything in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't one particular person that I thought about as an inspiration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I, yeah, no, I think uh, from, from watching movies, um, I took little bits from for example, like I said, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, I took uh, little bits from, like Sugar Ray Leonard is one of my favorite boxers of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, I took bits from him. Um, that being said, I mean, listen, I, 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 I love every other boxer that were great boxers back in the day, you know, when you look at it. Um, <clears throat> there's so many greats, you know. Uh, the likes of Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler, uh, Roberto Duran. I mean, the list goes on, right? So, sure. um, so there wasn't one person that I looked to for inspiration. Uh, like even in in our in my team, like you know, um, uh, I took bits from from Lolo Himuli, who was my coach. Um, I took bits from some of the some of my uh, teammates. Um, what they did and so there was I think I I just kind of picked people's brains from yeah, uh, for sure. along the way um, I mean you know uh, I get inspired from uh, with my partners how they've become uh, successful businessmen and um, created a wealth um, for themselves uh, you know coming up and so I've, I think I've taken different 
pieces along the journey uh, from every aspect of life and, and kind of inspired myself with it and, and, you know, and just continue to move forward. I see you training Islam. How's he going for next week's fight? And I see you have a friendship with Khabib and their camp. What did you think of his most recent fight as well with Justin? And do you think that's his last fight? Um, Khabib and Justin's are, are, you know, they're friends of mine. And obviously, you know, um, I wish them the very best when they were faced off against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's because it's different when you're emotionally invested into uh, the people when they're your friends. You know what I mean? Sure. So. Definitely. And especially when they're facing off against each other, you just you just don't know, you know what I mean? And it's different, but they were fighting other people. You just go, oh, yeah, Justin's going to take this, or Khabib's uh-huh. going to take this. Like Tony um, Ferguson. Right, right. And so, you know, when when um, when that happened, um, I was I was actually, uh, you know, obviously very neutral and just wish him the best. And I think it was turned out to be a great fight. Um in terms of Islam, I mean, I've only started working with Islam in the last four weeks, but man, oh, okay. super talented, you know, yeah. um, super, super talented. The way he strikes, um, very easy to, easy to coach, you know what I mean? Um, uh, again, uh, all these, I mean, like I have a couple of other uh, Russian fighters that I work with, like Maga, who also has a fight coming up um December 10th and um you know Ali Asaf like just different guys and they're just super talented there's there's a massive wave of Dakistanian and Russian fighters that's taken the world by storm in the last sure. five years you know what I mean uh-huh. and um and, and so it's it, I get the opportunity I'm very fortunate to be able to coach some of these guys in terms of Islam, yeah, no, he's ready to go. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, he's up next. Yeah, that's right. Next week. He's up next. Um, you know, he did uh, his last sparring. Uh, he did five rounds of sparring, and then he did five rounds of pads with me. And still looked sharp. Clean. You know what I mean? Just, he just, uh, yeah, no, he's ready to go. That's good. Um, the question in regards to Khabib, would he fight again? I really don't know. I, I, I actually thought when his dad passed away, I, I, I actually thought that he probably was done. Okay. But then, you know, but I was surprised that um, when it was announced that he was going to defend his side against Justin. Yeah. So that was, you know, and of course that was cool to see and, and he was successful in that. Um, but then he made his mom, you know, like everybody else that's watched the fight that night, uh, he made up his mom promise that uh, he would uh, retire after this one fight and that yeah. would be it. Um, Khabib has always been a very um, true to himself kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, you know, uh, he might feel the itch again at some yeah. point. Um I remember seeing an interview in regards to, uh, 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 sorry, uh, Dana uh, did an interview and he said that he did talk to him and that he was very emotional on the night that he, he retired. Um, so there's really, 
nobody really knows if he would or wouldn't. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but as for now, I think he's still, I think he's retired. <laughs> I, I wish him well. For personally, I hope he does come back to get that thirty. Uh, maybe GSP, maybe uh, yeah, maybe GSP. But definitely. Well, I personally, want, to be honest with you, you I don't want him back. No, I don't. I don't want him because I like to see because he said he he's created and and such has such an, an amazing legacy. Yeah. To go out at his prime. To yep. be undefeated, to be world champion, yeah. to make all the money that anybody can make. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I personally don't want to. I don't want to see no, you know, mark there. You know what I mean? I'll, because that's a picture perfect career. For sure, I get what you. And mean. so, for my own selfish reasons, I want him to be that picture perfect yeah. fighter that walked away with millions, and millions of dollars, walked away with his title. Walked away being undefeated. I want to sure. see him go down in history That's as right. that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? As one of the goats and didn't hold on to it. Because some fighters, they, they don't know. Or most fight, A lot of fighters, they don't know when to call it quits. Right, or, right, right. exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, for my own selfish reasons, you know, I like to, I like to see him do that. <laughs> because, you know, just because nobody's done it. And, yeah. and Sure, you know, if he retired before he became world champion or whatever, right? You go, oh, yeah, well, he still didn't really, uh, didn't really complete his goal. You know what yeah. I mean? Because the goal for every fighter is to become world champion. That's the yeah. goal, right? Mm -hmm. If that's not your goal as a fighter, then you shouldn't be fighting, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, so to, to, to see him com complete, compete against the best of the best in the division, beat the best of the best in the division become world champion, defended his title numerous times. And the I'm money. Like, the money and everything else. <laughs> the fame. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I was talking to um, to his manager. I mean, like the guy makes half a million dollars in appearance, you know? He appears somewhere. I mean, like just to, just to show up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of like, again, like I said, you know, as a, as a, as for my own selfish reasons, I want to see him still be that superstar like that. For sure. And go down in history as that guy. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. <laughs> because that completely changes everything. If he comes out and he loses one. Yeah, it does. It does. There's a you know what I mean? blemish. Yeah, definitely. So, so I want to see him. I want to see him to be that guy because um, no one's ever done it again in the, in that sense. You mm -hmm. know. Um, and so, yeah, uh, again, um, I like to say, see, see him stay retired. <laughs> <laughs> As a friend, yeah. The most dominant. I think he's the most dominant fighter to ever go into the UFC. Uh, absolutely. Because nobody was close. That's right. That's right. I mean, uh, I, I'm trying to remember if, I, if it was Dana that said it or, some, or a reporter that said it, but apparently throughout his whole career, Khabib only lost one or two rounds yeah. in a, you know, in a fight that's or true. in a title. So, I mean, just, you know, that's yeah. a dominant, that's a dominant uh, performance um, <laughs> or a dominance throughout your career. You know what I mean? And so, sure. uh, like I said, for my own self and re selfish uh, reasons, <laughs> I want him, I want him to be this, 
you know, um, <laughs> picture perfect champion that uh, retired um, for, and you know, it's, it's, I think when it's so good to kind of even get that too, because there'd be a lot of fighters going to be inspired to like try and, and get to that kind of status or, sure. or the dream to kind of, you know, continue to go down that path. I yeah. mean, um, Laura and I were talking about it, I want to say a few years ago now, when I went to K1, I was undefeated with five world titles. Yeah. You know, and I think I was 21 or 22 and 0 at the time. Uh, of course, my first loss was against Mr. Hoos, uh, one of the legends in the game. Um, but that was the first time I had experienced loss. But you did but lock I, it down. I couldn't wait to get back in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, um, I've lost throughout my career and won throughout my career. But Khabib is undefeated. Undefeated. And undefeated as the best of the best to do it. You know what and, I mean? And he didn't pick and choose his fights like some other. He he fought the champions yeah. at the top. He didn't pick That's and choose. Exactly right. That's exactly right. He yeah. fought everybody. You know, um, and that's that's what makes him great. I know uh, we've gone over time, Ray. Uh, one last question for yourself: What's next for you and Pro Fighters League at the same time for your career uh, in life, or what's what's coming up for you? Uh, we have um, we got PFL the season two thousand twenty one. Yep, we made an announcement um, last week uh, when the first show will be back. It will be April fifteenth. Um, same, you know, same uh, format. Obviously, for us as uh, as the we, the world we know it today is um, no fans in the you know in the arena, so it's catered for TV, um, yeah. so that the world at large can watch. What channel will that be on for you? What channel? What channel will that be shown on? Is that ESPN out there? Yes, that's ESPN. Um, here in the States and pretty much worldwide. I'm not exactly sure what the other networks uh, that carries that same feed, but um, talking to our attorney, I think I believe we have about 100 plus countries around the world that's um, signed, you know, onto to, uh, to carry PFL throughout the world. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, so April 15th is, is the first uh, first show back, and um, and then you know the season will will commence the way it normally is, and the regular season playoffs and championship. Beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, it'd be good to kind of get back into that. We just had a press um, a conference call last week, and how everybody misses uh, you know the the. The actual the action behind the scenes and the show and the fighters and everything else that goes into putting that together. So uh, the team is uh, ready to get back to work. Hopefully everything comes uh, after this election. I have this theory in my head after the election, everything's going to go start getting back to normalcy with the coronavirus. I just, it's my yeah. own thing. <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, I just, I was watching the news day before, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? Um, and they said that they that there was a over a hundred thousand new cases already in mm -hmm. one day. I think it was so. You know, 
I mean, they did say that by winter, there's going to be a second wave of, you know, the coronavirus combined with the flu, you know. So oh, man. everybody out there, make sure you, uh, you know, you keep your, uh, you take your vitamins and everything else, stay warm stay and all that kind of stuff. Sure. No, lucky for you guys, you guys are coming in the summer. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in summer. In we're in summer now, and it, zero cases in New South Wales today and yesterday as well. So I think we're, yeah, we're sure. You yeah, guys are lucky. Yeah, we're, we're, I think everyone's listening and trying to follow the rules and not doing their own. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Ray, I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you um, for doing this and taking your time. I know how busy and you know, like we've talked about how you've got so much going on. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant was one of my, is my favorite player of all time in the bas in basketball, one of my heroes. He's a legend. I say yeah. a legend. And, you know, people say they never, they say never to meet your heroes, they'll disappoint you, right? But you, you've, you've been everything from just messaging me back. I'll, I'll get hyped. I'll screenshot my boy. I'll screenshot it and show um, Tavita. I'll be like, bro, race, race, Seth commented back to me, you know, just little things like that. Now I'm actually talking to you and meeting you um it's been surreal i hope to meet you one day when i go out to vegas when everything's eased up and borders are closed i definitely will um, when i go to vegas i got a reason to go out to extreme couture yeah you, yeah you make sure you, you hit me up when you're out here for sure and i'll meet you out there we can talk do this again i'll do something like this again we'll go go hang right. out but um i, I do want to just say thank you so much um if you guys want to follow Ray on his handles, it's uh, at Sugar Ray Sephor to stay up to date on his dream life on everything Pro Fighters League. And um, yes, I do want to just say thank you. I'm your host, Jam Lakian. Thank you for watching. Make sure to watch and subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Start Somewhere Media and on Instagram and Facebook. Once again, K1 legend, Ray Sephor. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much.